Hello, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! Crack it open a cold one with the explosion by request from last episode. It wasn't a request, I just thought you did that. Well, here come that drop, though. Oh, fuck. That was delicious. It's water. Yeah, but sometimes there's a nice refreshing. No, you're right. You're right. It just hits, and you're like, fuck us. <laughs> fuck us. Yeah, dude. Sorry, I'm not like some people that only drink not water. It's like weird and crazy. And I'm about to take a drink, but the fucking intro is almost over. And listeners, welcome back to the Dr. Net Danger Radio Show with your boys. James and Edward, what's good? I'm Edward. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, welcome back to um, welcome back to uh, Doctor Danger Rail Show. We're out here in the real world. Shout, shout out to Javi. Shout out to Edward's <laughs> good brother Javi yes. for referencing the Edward. I'm glad like some stuff. I was so fucking mad at you that day. We were talking about something. I don't know if it was Robert Kiyosaki or something. Me? Yeah, because or you were. I don't know. Just some point, you're just like, well, listen. Sorry if. I live in the real world. I'm like I live in the real world too, and it was just a back and forth. But yeah, that was that was a favorite. That was a hilarious thing. Anything you want? How's life been going? What's well, life for the cast well, and listeners? There's <laughs> fucking timestamps if you just want to get straight to the damn media reviews. Well, um, the only thing that's really noteworthy I could think of is, um, oh, uh, the Raiders won their football game. I told you that before the podcast. We must, must, must smash the Eagles uh, by week next week. And not this week, but next week, your boys going out of town for a show. It, it's for Wait, this week and next weekend? It's November 5th. Oh, see, okay, yeah, so not mm-hmm. next. Not well, We are in this week, so. Yeah. We're in the present. Yes, we're in Sunday. Yeah. So that's the start of a new week. Sunday, Sunday, which is weird. I always thought week started on Monday, but whatever. But yeah, no, I just be, uh, I just be chilling. Pretty excited. We got a pretty stacked show and and a Led Zeppelin album worth a lot of conversation. Dark, a dark fucking a double album. Yeah, uh, a Dark Side of the Ring episode that's worth of a lot of conversation. This was definitely a fucking episode if I ever said one. Honestly, I think. Maybe hot take. I think Rock of Love was the least interesting thing we no, consumed, shit. consumed this week. <laughs> it was believe me, once the Blontourage left, the quality of the show kind of took a shit. Which is of entertainment. really bad. But we could talk about that later. Yeah, what's good with you? Fuck. Well, one, I'm a little busy. I I was able to play yesterday's show. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it went smooth. I actually so, yeah. arrived for fucking good. Actually, no, it was for discrimination. Discrimination. Yes. Like, I actually arrived early for once to the show, and friggin', I actually got hit up earlier while I was trying to cruise into town to try to pick up drumsticks, which, when I did get into town to pick up drumsticks, the music store was fucking closed, so I was like, fucking son of a bitch! I need to find somewhere else to get motherfucking drumsticks! Wow. And then I'm like, telling my, my, like, singer-bass player, hey, please be ready at four, I need to, like, have time to get to a motherfucking music store. But yeah, then freaking I picked him up at like four. What the, I was about to like lead into something. Well, I was about to- actually no. When I was on the drive for drumsticks, the promoter of the show hit me up. It's like, hey, do you know how to run sound? And my next question was, well, it depends on the rig. But for the most part, yes. But literally, it was the same setup we do. It was just a PA head setup and some speakers. It was just like, oh. Okay, this I could do. <laughs> All I gotta do is just dial two knobs and make sure it's not peaking and it sounds good with the instruments. And I did a good job on that one, but that was later in the show. 
For me, for the most part, I showed up, like, I was able to find some drumsticks. Not my usual size, but fuck it. Gotta do what you gotta do. True. You know, showed up to the show at a good time for once, where I could casually set up my drums and, like, get them all, like, nice and set up so it's easier to, like, put them out on, like, the quotation stage when, like, setting up for our set. We played our set. I kept on yelling, like, around, like, halfway through the set, I just started popping out behind the drum kit, and I would just yell out, BURNING SPEED HARDCORE! <laughs> and, like, the funniest thing, because after the set, I have been asked by four people now, what were you yelling between songs? And I was yelling, burning spirit hardcore. And then I would go into a nerd description of what it is. But oh, like, that's this great. Was, yeah, but this was for my, like, my hardcore punk band where I play, like, butthole fast and, like... It was like, I feel like we were like the weird band, like the band after us, the like power violence band from like Oxnard, honestly, weren't like the best. Oof. It was just like, mm, yeah. Nardcore sucks. It wasn't even Nardcore. It wasn't Nardcore. I know, I just call every band from their Nardcore. Yeah, but it was just like a little oof. It was like, they were okay. But for us, I feel like it was like homies got down, but I was playing so fast, they couldn't groove to the music. <laughs> But I was playing with Burning Spirit. Good thing good friend Dylan wasn't in that band. His arm would have fallen off. Oh, yeah, no, he would have hated it. There's a funny story from our last Toxic Wizard practice where where good friend Dylan actually kind of got mad at James. He's like, you're playing too fast. We didn't ride it that fast. And James just like, practice, bro. No, we don't play it that fast. Stop playing. Just practice, bro. It's not practice, bro. <laughs> It's pretty great. Oh, yeah. How about you fucking practice and you keep up with the speed? We uh, didn't write it like that. Yeah. How we wrote it doesn't mean how the song evolves into. Maybe it's, the so maybe it's time as we play the song over and over again, we work out the kinks and see if any magic happens. And sometimes it's magical yeah. when I play butthole fast with burning spirit. <laughs> and then freaking it pisses him off because he doesn't have burning spirit and isn't ready yeah. for that and that much energy and spirit and soul in his face <laughs> but yeah no for the most of the show it was like pretty cool like the oh, first band funny. their guitar player could show up so they just had a cardboard a, a cardboard cutout of him and then he just was a bass and drum groover and i'm like honestly this didn't sound like trash then that we sounds amazing and then we played and like i just realized yeah no i'm playing too much with burning spirit and butthole fast and just like getting this like i don't think we're gonna get too much like slam dancing reactions yeah but like, yeah, the next band was like oh fuck literally where i was done i walked away i took one simple stand i come back and some dude was tearing out my kid i'm like uh what are you doing my guy and he's like oh is this like the backline kid i'm like no it's my kid <laughs> like this is awkward What's your name, my dude? And he's like, Tony, my name's James. Nice to find nice to actually meet you. Yeah, I guess you can use the kit. <laughs> he just didn't know. I was like, oh. That's whack. A little awkward whack, but he gave me a free shirt for That's like, whack. He's free he gave me a free shirt for letting me use his kit. Was the shirt cool? It was the one I was wearing right there. Oh yeah, that's a nice shirt. It's just a gray shirt with a small like breast logo. It's still cool. It was fine. I yeah, thought it was fine. fine. I thought it was cool. It's fine. But then, yeah, no, like, then, like, the band that, like, came from Long Beach, they were tight. But, like, That's the drummer, cool. like, well, like, drummer's playing fast, but he was also playing light. So, it's like, oh, it sounds a little quiet. <laughs> then we saw, the, the, like, the one of the homie bands. And then we saw a band where, like, I, like good friend Carl was jamming. It's, like, her new band. And, freaking, um, they actually pr ripped pretty hard. That's cool. 
I yeah, no, they had pretty like fun, crunchy, hardcore thrash like rip, mid paced thrash riffs with a singer where it's like at first I thought it'd just kind of be like new metally rapping. I'm like, eh. Uh, this might turn me off, but like it just him is like, no, he's just flowing. It was kind of sick, honestly. Kind of a dope band. And then like the homies and fratricide that finished off the night and stuff, we're all just like crunched up with them and they were just ripping it. But yeah, no. Just sitting there. Uh you know, it was also funny too, like friggin' Local, like, mi- like friggin' level 80 sketch wizard, friggin' Rudy was, like, there at the show, too. Oh, no way. Yeah, I know. And he, like, said he's still was- fat? Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. And still sketch. <laughs> like, no, it was literally <laughs> hilarious, because, like, he was talking to fucking my, like, uh, homie Yaxon, wise guy, jazz guy. Yeah. And, like, he was, like, tell us, yeah, man, you want a future from, like, any of the Power Violence LA bros? I got you. I can get you Dodge. I can get you Chris Dodge. He can get Chris Dodge. No, he can't. No, he. I'm sure he can't. No, it's literally bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, you and me know long enough that the level 80 sketch wizard yeah. of the freaking Northern 805 <laughs> is kind of full of bullshit. No, and, he is. Yeah. And kind of fucking flit and hella flaky. No, he is. He really is. And uh, I don't know if he ever kicked that meth addiction. No. I don't think it matters, though, to him. No, nah, it doesn't. No. Not the moment. Fuck. Yeah, sounds no. like a fun show though. It it was literally like it was a cool show. It was just being talking like to you like, were, sounds talking like you to were, old friends, yeah. talking to new friends, and friggin' yeah, level eighty sketch was go like, this is my favorite project that you fucking do. This is like how evolved. You're like that fucking Finnish like Japanese fucking hardcore and Finnish stuff. Japanese. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, bro, I was yelling Burning Spirit hardcore, and I play with Burning Spirit. I was just, <laughs> like, it's like I was like at this point, I just be weird with him. Cause fuck him. Might as well. Level eighty sketch wizard. And I like I, I find. And I just f- cringe when he says stupid shit like I get you Chris Dodge feature. I'm like no you fucking can't. <laughs> I, I almost <laughs> want to. Uh, no you can't. <laughs> I almost want to try to meet try to see Ryan from Grill Em All again and be like hey do you know a fat fuck named Rudy? <laughs> He's a sketchy Mexican dude with a fat th- with a fat beard. Like this is a motherfucker I like ask like because it's like. Cause I have a like a dude that plays bass in one of my bands, and his brother like jammed and jam drums for his band. And I asked like, "Yo, any stories from fucking level eighty sketch wizard?" It's like, yeah. So they took a bus down to LA to go play a show and stuff. I'm like, wait, weren't they using equipment? Like, did they bring any equipment with them? I'm like, nah, they were just gonna use other people's equipment. Oh, yeah. And he just straight up just whipped out, just whipped out and started smoking meth on the bus. <laughs> no fucks. The bus driver asked for the stop, and he didn't stop. And the bus driver was like, "Fuck it, whatever." Continuing on, I'm like. Level wow. 80 sketch wizard. That's not even low. That's like, he's almost at 99 at that point. Nah, come on. He's level 80. <laughs> level 80 is still high. Level 80 is funny. Oh, man. But uh, that's that's interesting. All right. Speaking got, of interesting. I was like, did I get a message from Good Friend Bosteel for us to listen to some something hot and new? Wants us to give us a hot take on like what's up to date. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Because it doesn't matter anyway. Because today... As I'm looking what to give you a good fucking timestamp, we're gonna let the let out. Welcome back to Doctor Death Danger Radio, and this is for the timestamp people. Um, welcome back to Doctor Death Danger Radio. It's time to get the let out. Okay, so God damn it, this is double graffiti. As you all know, double graffiti or physical graffiti? Fuck! Like literally, it was a double oh, album. Fuck! It's and gonna outside. be that kind of episode. A double album named. Physical graffiti. Okay, so this is technically our 
second double album, if you count Use Your Illusion, but they were separate releases, so I guess you technically can't but could count Use Your Illusion. Uh, this is also the longest album we've ever had to listen to in one go, I'm pretty sure. Yes! Until we start We've getting- listened to like, albums that were like an hour and like yeah, the, like user illusion bullshit albums. Yeah. Like they went like an hour and fifteen and sixty. This went yeah. an hour and twenty two minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? I'll tell you this, James. There is a bright side. Unless we ever are just like, you know what? Let's do a prog album, like rock or metal. This is the worst it's gonna get until we eventually do the Metallica journey. Because those albums get. I love Metallica, but fuck, some of those albums are too long. <laughs> But yes, physical graffiti. And most of this album, if you look at the track listing on WikiWiki, Wiki, it is mostly outtakes for shit. But this album also has a lot, has a shitload of acclaim. I don't have exact scores on me, but we're, we're talking a lot of eight, nines, and ten out of tens. And a lot of people are like, uh, seem to like this album because of the wide array of genres it covers. And let me tell you, it covers a wide array of genres. So that being said, like, it's not boring. No, it's not. I can tell you that. So track one is called Custard Pie, the first song. And I'm going to be honest. I wasn't much of a fan. I appreciated John Paul's bass, but that was it. It just sounded like generic Zeppelin. I'm listening to the track and I'm just like, man, maybe something's wrong with me. But so far, uh, not off to a good start. Production was weird, too. Robert Plant's voice sounded off. It sounded like he was coming off a cold. That was my take on Custard. Oh, no, you have a fucking double album. I don't know how many fucking takes (laughs) you would have done. But for fucking song one, Custard High, I wrote down. It's like, it's not bad. It's okay. Is this was literally some like smart jazz blues like nonsense? It was nonsense. Like, oh hey, we're smart players and we can play our <laughs> shit. I'm like, okay, this is nonsense. Like, it was really repetitive, but with the odd, t- <laughs> sorry, with odd time playing. So it was like bullshit. <laughs> Track- but it wasn't bad. Like I've heard worse. Like yeah. we've heard like the fucking like total twelve bar blues songs. These That's are still the worst. Like this, at least is like, well, fuck. Like these dudes are technically really ripping it on their instruments. So yeah. it's like, if you're paying attention, it's cool. Track two is called the Rover. So the Rover starts off, and my first thought is, once it like everything comes in and gets going, I'm like, man. These guys are really trying to bore me. It's not even that the song is bad. It's just not interesting or exciting. I will concede that the chorus is neat. You know, they do those like chords, but yeah, it, this is weird. I feel like they were trying to do like a, it felt to me with these two songs, like the song or with kind of the album in general, like, like there's obviously like a lot of songs and stuff, but compared to other Zeppelin albums, there's not as much production on the songs. Like, it just feels a little stripped down, you know? And then, and then, um, yeah, I wasn't hot on the album at this point. And then I looked. It's two songs in. <laughs> yeah. And then the fucker is like five and a half minutes. And I'm like, ugh. But that's like a normal song for Zeppelin. I wrote down, it's like, you know what? I thought it was like pretty tight driving, grooving rocker. It was pretty straightforward. It was kind of a groover rocker, man. Oh, no. This next song is bullshit. Oh, this is In My Dying Hour. It was a 10 minute long song. It was 11. It was 11 minute long song. Which I swear, I swear the song's the name of a book or something. But anyway, I need to tell you something. So when I threw that first song on for the first time, uh, I was in my car. The song came on. I heard it start and I'm like, fuck, it's a bluesy boy. Okay, I guess, I guess in technicality sense, we're going backwards or whatever. But fine. I just hope it's not long. And then I look 
on Spotify and yeah, it's an 11 minute song. And I literally yelled out in terror in my car. I was like, ah, well, I guess a little more emotion than that, but still the shit wouldn't end. I found it boring. It went nowhere for most of it. And when it did, it took forever to get there. A and B, I just wasn't interested. Four minutes in, there's a tempo change, and God bless the man. John Bottom is trying to be interesting and do something. So is John Paul. I, you can hear him grooving in the back. So I was annoyed. So, but then I, but then I googled the song, and then I got pissed. This is actually, despite being credited to Led Zeppelin, it is actually a cover, an 11 minute cover of a three minute blues song by Blind Willie Johnson. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. Well, I wrote down, well, we have some slide guitar here. And as it went on, I was like, oh, so we have a blues prog rocker. And had and I was like, you know what? And I, this around the time, I looked at the time, and I'm like, yeah, this song has no reason to go 11 minutes long. But then for some reason, like, honestly, I thought the song, like, once the tempo changed, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. But I'm like, the song didn't have to go that long. Rick Rubin, I wrote here, Rick Rubin said, the bass line in the fast grooves is so interesting and unexpected. It keeps shifting gears over and over. I'm like, what the fuck song were you listening to, Gandalf? I kind of get it. That's what I kind of heard. Like I said, it was kind of proggy where it kind of like just shifted gears and stuff and around, but it just felt like 11 minutes long. Are you uh, sure you were in a foul mood when you listen to this album? Oh, and then these fuckers think they're funny. Once the song ends, Rob Plank goes, in my dying, then the song fades out and you hear someone cough in the background. He's like coughed and everybody laughs. Ha 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 ha. I'm like, fuck. I, I, I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a foul mood. I put the song on. And you sound these, like you were listening in a foul mood. These were my first reactions. Song for his house is the Holy. Finally, a good song, which by the way, this was not on house of the Holy. So they said that they took this song off house of the Holy cause they thought it didn't fit. I'll tell you this. I know I've heard the song on the radio, but man, I was uh I was liking this song. Um yeah, it's just real catchy toe tapper. It's a good song. Yeah, I wrote down this one was pretty straightforward. It's a radio it, song too. Yeah. I just wrote down this one was pretty straightforward and it was pretty tight for the most part. Yes. Nothing else not, not much else to say. It sounds like it was just a Zeppelin song. So yeah. if you thought like what you think a Zeppelin song sounds like, I guess it was this Can song. Can I take you to the movies? All right, song five. Trampled Underfoot. It's another radio song I forgot about. Uh, I remember this one too, and it's fine. It's not as good as House of the Holy, but it's fine. Oh, yeah, and I remember um, uh, it has a keyboard break in the middle that I really like. That's a good one. I was like, I wrote down, I think I've heard this song before. And the song's honestly pretty dank. And I wrote down, bro, that bass groove. So I presume the song had a killer bass groove. No, it did. Yeah, so no, I thought the song was dank. No, All right, didn't. now then, it's fucking Cashmere. <laughs> What's your Do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? Why? No. <laughs> okay, fine. I fucking hate this song. Why do you hate Cashmere? It goes on forever. It's boring, and I've heard it too many times. That's my opinion on Cashmere. Damn, you must have really heard Cashmere. I have not heard Cashmere that many times. Are you sure... I'm kind of sure, because I like Cashmere. Maybe I get stoked when I actually Ooh, hear Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Dun, 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 dun. I don't want to get the let out, Dad. Put it back on Bob FM. Sorry, I flashbacked right there. Well, I... Wait, do you have much else to say on Cashmere? No, I, I mean... Just, I do. you just I fucking do. hate it? No, I, I do. I hate it. It's eight minutes long. It sounds like Lawrence of Arizona. 
<laughs> if there ever was one, yeah. I was supposed to be Lawrence of Arabia, but like autocorrected Lawrence of Arizona. I'm like, oh, <laughs> lol, that's funny. That is funny. Like it definitely was interesting. It sounded like Middle Eastern, like freaking instrument music going on with like what I think is a pretty epic riff. I think Cashmere rules as a song. I don't get bored with it, but I could see Edward just says, says fuck this song. Bro, it's like eight minutes. It's almost like nine minutes. I mean, I've heard worse. Eight or nine minutes song. Track seven is another eight and a half minutes song. Bro, do you want to listen to I Start to Cashmere? I'd rather listen to Cashmere. (laughs) I I don't think I understand the quality of like music we have listened to like on this fucking podcast. That's true. So track seven's in the light. It has this uh, admittedly pretty cool intro with all these like effects and atmosphere shit going on. Kind of reminds me of Shine On You Crazy Diamond. And then Planet starts vocalizing. I wrote here, it just sounds like a space song. That's all I wrote for some reason. It just sounds like space. Um, and yeah, after almost three minutes, band comes in and yeah, had a good groove to it. It was not their best, but it was pretty good. I, I think it went on a little too long, but it was fine. The, uh, the fucking album's an hour and 22 minutes. Of course, these songs are going fucking long. Fair enough. I was aware of this going in. <laughs> What'd you think? All right. So for some, like my review is me breaking down what is the song, like the song structure. We had Space Zeppelin. Yes. Now we have a horny Zeppelin. <laughs> now we have Victory Zeppelin. <laughs> now we're back to Space Zeppelin. Now we're back to Horny Zeppelin. And then more Victor Zeppelin. That's great. That's really good. That's literally what's happening. You I should... hear space, and then I hear just like Robert Plant sound like he needs a bust a nut. Or he's trying to romance a lady. It was some horniness. There was a lot of horny vibes going on once they're out of space. That's true. And then victory! <laughs> he must have bust a nut. Post nut victory. Track eight is Brong Your Brong, I don't know how you say it, which I think I I swear it was already the name of one of their songs, but it's kind of a two minute interlude, um, probably more Lord of the Rings shit, uh, but it's it comes and it goes, but it's pretty. I wrote down classic guitar Zeppelin. Yeah. I'm kind of still going on what was last Zeppelin. Track nine is called Down by the Seaside. I wrote here, it's a country song? Sort of sounded like one. Anyway, it's a mellow song. It was easy listening. Picked up tempo near the end, and yeah, I liked it. It was fine. I wrote down this was some genre fusion prog boy shit, and I thought it was kind of tight, so. Track 10 is called 10. <laughs> 10 years gone. Uh, 10 years gone. So it starts off as an acoustic sad boy song. Sounded like some shit Pearl Jam would have wrote. And then the typical harmonized bass and guitar come in. I'm like, okay, it's Zeppelin. Parts of the riff kind of sounded like this song called Mr. Fantasy by Stevie Winwood. Uh, I think I liked it. I don't know. It, I think I thought it was okay. It gets better once that kind of, um, like, once that solo comes on. And yeah, it was fine. It's a good song. So I wrote down for song 10, not going to lie, the song was kind of putting me to sleep. It also sounded <laughs> it like pretty mellow. it also sounded kind of like Rush at times, but that's my opinion. No, it was a bit. I can I can see that. Track 11 is Night Flight, which is the name of a level from the first Spyro game. Uh, it was a period appropriate rocker song. That's what I said. It felt like old Zeppelin and there were keys that helped the song um, not just be kind of lame filler. It was fine. I wrote down for song 11, hey, is this Rush? <laughs> I'm like, nah, it's just Organ Zeppelin. Yeah. And I wrote down, bro, this is is this the start of the freaking self-indulgent 70s rock scene? Because it's starting <sighs> to sound like out, the self-indulgent 70s rock scene. When this come out, 70, like, five or six? Oh, fuck, yeah, that's... Oh, that's about to hit! 
this sounds like oh shit I'm like fuck this the- is like I, I felt this song was like alright we're getting a lot of self-indulgent nonsense okay now going. to be fair there are there are bands like Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer that were kind of doing that already in like early Genesis but those guys were explicitly prog rock you're right this is around the time where bands trying to be Zeppelin were doing that kind of shit so yeah it's gonna be a dark period Song 12 is the Wanton song. I swear I've heard this the one. The Wanton song? I, I, well, I think the, it's pronounced Wanton, because that's, that's a, that is a word, Wanton. But it's I know spelled it's, out as Wanton. Well, they're spelled the same, I think. Wanton? And Wanton, yeah. But I don't know. Why is it spelled Wanton? I don't know. I'm saying Wanton is spelled the same as Wanton. I don't know, man. Look, I, I, uh, this one had some adrenaline behind it. And it was a bouncy song. Music was good, and I didn't hate the vocals. I wrote down low. The song is double racist, but <laughs> not gonna lie, the song was pretty sick at the same time. I mean, hell, it's probably racist. Yeah, I'm like, dude, it just sounds like black people music with a freaking Asian title name being played by white people by Anglo-Saxon British people. Double racist. <laughs> Maybe not. Probably not. Maybe not a not. real hot take or opinion. Don't actually take this as actual fact or opinion. Yeah, we're not trying to cancel Led Zeppelin. But can we? Can, can like, we? I doubt we can. No, nah, probably not. They're far removed. Yeah, they're all in their 70s now. Yeah, it won't matter. It really won't. Yeah, it was cancel 70-year-old men who aren't doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're just chilling. What, they got no, a- you know, we have to sell for the next best thing. We have to try to f- cancel Greta Van Fleet. I thought people were trying to cancel them. <laughs> they kind of were. We're just writing stale rock and roll <laughs> with Zeppelin sounds. So track 13 is called Boogie with Stew. And Boogie is right. This I wrote here. This is a stuff strutter. Like, you know, you know when people are like, oh, they're strutting their stuff. That's this kind of song. It is an up. It is like an up t- up tempo blues riff with like saloon pianos. <gasps> I like this one. I can safely say I liked it. Well, I wrote that Stu and his boogie was a fun 50s style rock and roll song with a fun acoustic solo. I didn't know what I was expecting from a song called Boogie with Stu, but I'm glad I ended up liking it. Yes. Song 14 is called Black Country Woman, which um, it's another Western boy, this one. I'm surprised to say it's pretty good, too. That acoustic riff was catchy, and when they brought in the kick drum and eventually the full drums, it was good. It was a nice little ditty. Again, I'm not sure what I was expecting from a song called Black Country Woman, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I liked it. I wrote down, well, Zeppelin is horny for black women in the song, <laughs> and it was a total blues folk-like song. Oh, so was uh, so was Rolling Stones. Did you hear that uh, Mick Jagger said he's not going to perform Brown Sugar anymore? Uh, okay. Yeah. Was because- that a regular song in their set list? Yeah, you hear it on the radio often. I need a. It's been a minute since I've listened to Brown Sugar. See, I never really understood the lyrics. I only remember the da 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 just around midnight. But the song is. I'm not kidding. I read the lyrics. It's literally about. It's literally about a white slave owner lusting after a black lady. Okay, slave. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I thought the song was about drugs. (laughs) I guess (laughs) because Dad told me Brown Sugar was an idiom for like heroin. I think. Mm, Yep. But okay, last song, track 15, is called Sick Again. And we're ending on a rocker song. There's really not much to say. If you know a mid-paced, vaguely blues-sounding Zeppelin sound like, you can probably guess what this sounds like. It's all right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I wrote down, well, if there was a song that sounded the most like Zeppelin, it was this one. <laughs> yeah. And this is the second album in, the row, in a row now that they finish off with a song that with the most Zeppelin-sounding song. I appreciate that they finish off the album with filler. 
So yeah, what'd you think of the album? Apparently you liked it a lot more than oh, I did. Oh yeah, no, I wrote down, I wrote down, it's like, this is an hour and 22 minutes, but honestly, this was actually an easy listen and the mixed genres kind of kept it interesting for me. And I could say to say, this might be one of the better or best albums. I mean, I think- It's uh, battling for me for four and this one. I have been pleasantly surprised so far by a good portion of the post first four album Zeppelin. Um this was an ambitious, ambitious one. Oh, it's ambitious. I, I they did a lot, but like at the same I time, it's like them for trying. I'm like, but fuck, dude. It's like I get punished by a fucking good friend Boat Seal about my music. I'm like, fuck, dude. They aren't even doing his date. I'm like, they aren't doing as dangerous stuff as was up. Oh yeah, for almost no one tries. So I'm anymore. like, listen to like, okay, I'm getting a little interesting stuff. Most dangerous. The the only person I can think of that's dangerous or trying new things is fucking MGK. Yeah. That's just, yeah. As like Zeppelin, if you like, honestly, if you're dissecting their music writing, it's pretty interesting how yeah. they do their songs. So it's like for an hour and like 22 minutes, it felt like an easy listen. I'm like, fuck it. This isn't bad. You can go do it. If like you're focused and trying to like dissect the album, it's a pretty fun listen. So, well, uh, it definitely wasn't boring. I agree with you on that. So believe me, up- we've listened to some fucking hour long albums that get fucking boring. And this, for an hour and 22 minutes, was not boring. True. So next album is called Presence. This one's going to be interesting. Um, it received mixed reviews from critics at the time, and it and it was the lowest-selling studio album by them when they were still an active band. So this next one's an underdog. Maybe there'll be some gems. And you'll be happy to know it's only 40... 40- Oh, shit. Well, it's only 44 minutes, but under the genres, it says hard rock, blues rock, and heavy metal. Okay. I'm kind of curious why they just go back to being stale Zeppelin. That might be my biggest worry. I don't know. Oh, this is the one that has Achilles Last Stand. I have a, uh, I have a friend of mine who says that that's one of his favorite Zeppelin songs. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to check out Presence. I was like, yeah, we got Presence, one more album, and then we got Coda, which is a yes. comp album of outtakes. Yeah, yeah, it's a compilation like, do album. We, do we bother listening to that one? Well, that's the thing. It's listed on their official discography. It's not like you click on their discography and see extra stuff. No, it's considered part of their but it's also, full lineup. Yeah, but they also say it's a compilation album, and like John Bonham passed away, but we'll listen to Coda. We'll do it. Yeah, why not? We'll say we, for the completionist list, the 100% achievement trophy, we'll <laughs> check out Coda. All right. Speaking of checking out, we also checked out uh, Dark Side of the Ring this week. Um, let me sum up this Dark Side of the Ring episode with two words. Holy shit! I could say, um, well, let's just jump into the like episode. Because yeah. like they have an open that is just kind of a soft open. It kind of gives you a taste of what the yeah. episode is going to be like. But for, for for me, I'll put it this way. When I can get there. Well, we're opening with Carnage and Tits. Yep. And rest, and I'm like, rest in peace, New Jack. Yeah. And we're told the fall of wrestling of the fall of a wrestling and porn empire. So this is XPW Rob Black's XPW. The first time we see Rob Black, he doesn't show up in the interview, but they use archive footage. The first thing we see him, we see of him, and the first thing we see him say is him on a home video saying I'm the owner of XPW, and he tells us to tongue his sweaty balls. Yeah, I wrote down we meet Rob Black talking about his balls, and freaking we meet a lot <coughs> like the cat. We meet a lot of people 
that are going to be talking throughout the show. I'm like, yeah. I can't tell if the, this is like either wrestlers or porn actors. <laughs> like all so, the wrestlers <clears throat> had chiseled jaws. I'm like, I can't tell if you're a porno actor or a wrestler. So, to be safe to say, spoiler, they were wrestlers. So, except one lady. Yeah. She was a porno actor. So we meet a man and two women. Uh, we find out later their names are uh, Joe, Joey, Jessica, and Sylvia. They're being asked by the interviewer, why do you guys think Rob didn't want to be a part of this? Joey says he feels it's a lose-lose situation either way. And then... Um, and then someone else. Oh, and sorry, there was another guy who said, um, "It's just better." Rob says nothing. And then the other woman, who was Jessica, says he wouldn't want to be part of someone else's production. They're not his style. And then they ask the other well, woman, so, as they describe throughout the documentary, he is a fucking egomaniac. Yes. So, like, Jesus, their what their description is, I can fucking believe it. It's like, hey, you remember how in Death Note, like, like holy fuck. It's like this motherfucker, as we will go on, has a fucking ego. Like, bro, you got you remember Death Note, Light Yagami got his god complex? That's Rob, except way more sleazy and not pretty. This is really like gross and sleazy. Especially <laughs> emphasis on the gross. There was a funny bit. This woman, Jessica, they ask, Who is Rob Black? She laughs, takes a shot from her inhaler, like she's like, Okay. So this is her name's Jessica. She worked for XPW and worked for Jessica Darlin. Yeah, and she worked for Rob's wrestling and porn company. And the yeah, porn she company was a was, porn actress, but yeah. then she became a valet for his wrestling company. Yeah, when he bought a wrestling company, she says you love him or hate him. He's the ultimate heel. It sounds that's uh, I think Joey calls or she calls him, and he liked doing wild, kinky, freak sex shit. Then we hear about Lizzie Borden, his girlfriend, not the band. Or the oh murderer. yeah, that's right. I knew that shit sounded familiar. So I presume his girlfriend or wife. Yeah, I, think uh, I don't know if they were married, but they were dating. They were like no, they referred to her as his wife. So let's just say married. Yeah. So yeah, Lizzie Borden, who was an actress, yeah. but then like he married her and made her stop acting in porn, and then just was behind the camera directing. Narrator Chris Jericho says that Rob Flynn liked to pioneer, and this is these are the exact words, subversive pornography. Hearing Chris Jericho say that was funny, but then we actually hear about what the pornography was, and it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. So then on, oh, my God. So then on comes fucking New Jack. Yeah, New Jack. Rest and, in peace. Rest if in there peace. there was ever a dog, like, dude, this dog battery is like, I'm sad that New Jack is gone. Yeah. Ish. Like, I'm gonna say this right now. He has I, attempted murder and like has like had freaking uh, was it justified homicide? Yeah, but man, he seems like a cool dude. I know. I wrote. I'm gonna just say this now because I said it several times throughout my notes. New Jack is the best fucking part of this documentary. Yes. He's like the most detached from the overall story, but every time he's on, he says something great. I'll kick you in the dick and I'll hit you over the head with a brick. So yeah, new Jack on. And I was like, hey, and the the first thing he fucking says is, we had fun, we got high, we did drugs, and we fucked. I'm new Jack, the original gangster. I'm like, you're goddamn right you are. Damn. Wait. Okay, I guess so. Like, this new Jack comes in hella fat. Was this the part where XPW is talking about their working relationship with ECW? Yeah, David Marquez on. And he said Rob wanted to bring ECW to the West Coast. Um, and Paul Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously was like, what? No, we're not going to do that. And then out of spite, that's how we get XPW. 
Like literally, Rob Rob on archive footage is cutting a promo and he says, "Me and WCW have one thing in common. We hate that son of a bitch, Paul Heyman." He's got like this weird back east accent too. Rob Black does. Yes, I don't know if that's an act, but it, I think he's from the back east. And then we meet Joey Munoz, Great or I name. wrote down as Joey Chaos his wrestling name. Yeah, who uh, is is a nephew of the late. Great extreme West Coast uh, extreme wrestler Supreme. I never knew that. I knew uh, who Joey Chaos was, but I never knew that. I knew of Supreme and like Joey Chaos. See, these are my favorite Dark Side of the Ring episodes because I had like no idea about ninety percent of this coming into it. So it's like fresh new information. Yeah, man. So um, yeah, his uh, he calls his uncle Supreme the Godfather of Death Matches. Well, his name is Supreme. No, I, I'm saying his name Supreme, and he's the he they, he calls him the Godfather of Death Matches. So then he, uh, excuse me. So then he says one day Supreme comes up to him and he tells him about this concept called porno wrestling. Jessica says it was pretty wild. She said you'd have girls doing scenes in the back, but in the well, same like in the fucking like warehouse facility where they were conducting business. Yeah. Like literally the porno sets were in the same building as the wrestling ring where the training was going on. Yes. So dudes will be walking in and there's a fucking porn shoot going on. A chick is getting railed or some weird kinky shit as they're heading to the ring to go practice their fucking fundamentals as jessica points out the guys and girls would be wrestling each other and then uh coming on each other that's what she says so well, they may <laughs> describe like if you were like part of xpw you somehow got action with the porno actresses oh you know new jack got in on that he talked about doing drugs and getting laid i love how casual he was we did drugs and we fucked <laughs> i love new jack so much that's he the one thing about xpw is like fuck that would almost be worth it to like be a shitty indie wrestler. Yeah. But you're hanging out with porno actresses and you could be chummy. It's like, fuck it, let's just get down. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> let's get weird. So I got a van. So Sylvia Munoz on. Fun fact, I actually have an aunt named Sylvia. We're not, it's not her, obviously. And yeah. So uh, she was the merch girl, AKA the extreme bitch. She said it was, <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. She says it wasn't uncommon for naked dudes to come up to her and talk to her cock in hand and talk to her because they needed to stay hard between takes like no Larry should be hanging out and like having call and casual conversations while dudes are fucking spanking their meat because it's like they got to keep that shit hard for the shoot and I'm just like well are we shocked as <laughs> well like like I wasn't shocked but at the same time you don't expect that I mean when you woke up when you watched that episode did you expect an older Mexican gal to be like yeah, I ran the merch store and dudes jacked I was themselves off as they to talk get the to me. fucking steroid trials. <laughs> I, I forgot too. about this fucking. I, I was forgot too. about XPW. I'm like, I didn't say it, and but I, I literally <laughs> was like, it's yeah, some fucking shitty goddamn extreme promotion on the West Coast, and it's like, yeah, it was also part, but it was funded by a porno company. I'm like, okay, that's the one thing that's interesting. I guess I didn't, I didn't say it, but uh, yeah, I wrote a little intro for the segment. I was like, yeah, we were expecting the steroid trials, but we got we got juped. So yes, then we get some footage of XPW Carnage and the X the XXPCW peeps are talking about how as one guy called it like, you know, when it comes to their relationships with uh Rob Black, they were kind of drinking the Kool-Aid. They actually call it being brainwashed because um just of the shit he'd pull. And this carnage is pretty gnarly too, by the way. We're talking dudes falling off on scaffolding, flipped on the tables. There's this one guy, I think it was Luke Hawk. He said he died. He did like a 
450 splash off a balcony through a table with thumbtacks. He hit the thumbtacks yeah. so hard. Dude, you like skipped over some stuff. What did I skip over? Well, here's the thing. We were last talking about Sylvia and like dudes rubbing their dick in front of her. Yeah. We have like Joey Chaos talks about training and seeing wild ch- shit like while going through the building. He saw a chick eating a piece of freaking fried chicken on a while on a pole while some dude is peeing on her. Then we meet Mike Hartsfield talks about a presidential shoot and tells us that he was the XPW event producer and talking about working long hours where he'll work nine hour days, but then also an additional six hours on top of that. Also at times he slept inside the XPW ring. Then we get, we meet David. Then when David talks about the only way he was getting paid was to friggin' David, the friggin' uh, who was David again? David Marquez was talking about how he was only getting paid while being part of XPW is that he had to also edit the fucking porn. And it's like, okay, cool. It's like, you think it would be bad editing porn, but it's like, no, it's just fucking bullshit. Like trying to like push the boundaries, gross shit. Like he's taught, he's like dropping titles, like fossil fuckers. And he's like, yeah, so I'm also an Emmy award winner. And I'm like, okay. And then we meet William Welsh or the Messiah. He talks about working at a steakhouse after doing an event and like he like he got sent home because he had gigging scars on his head. And then he talks about Rob being able to manipulate people and drink the Kool-Aid and then take shots of people. And then we get shots of people doing really dumb shit, like falling off really high places. Then Luke Hawks talks about doing a 450 spot through a table on th- with thumbtacks, and he had thumbtacks, but like the friggin' ed- like the friggin' circular piece on the thumbtacks broke off, so he had to physically like get pliers and like get the little pricks out. How the fuck did I miss all that? Daily Motion must be fucking with me. Um, but yeah, and they go on to say it was a never-ending challenge to top themselves in XPW. And then, and then um, it goes to, they're talking about, okay, so there's this fire spot, right? They're going to slam through a table that's on fire. But the ring guy that they go to get the lighter fluid does not get lighter fluid. He gets charcoal fluid, which is very different. It's an oil base. Lighter yes. fluid is alcohol base, but charcoal bo- uh, fluid is oil base. Yeah, they're like lighting it up and it's not being the big thing that it would be with lighter fluid. So they're just drenching the fucking table with the stuff. So then they go through the table and they get set on fire. And I don't mean like, oh, there's a little bit of thing on their shirt or skin they have to pat off. No, no, no. These motherfuckers are on fire. Yeah, we see Supreme just fucking burning alive. And when Joey pins... Boy, he was like, he still lived after it. Yeah. And Joey pins a guy. I think it was Supreme. He pinned him and some of his skin peeled off onto Joey Chaos. Yep. And then Joey goes to see his uncle after the match, the one who got hella burned, Supreme, and he's like, dude, that was a good match. That spot got fucked up, though. I'm like, these fucking monsters, dude. Just wild men. And then I'm, we get like a shot of like dudes in the crowd. I'm like, bro, the face just look like fucking dudes from Bakersfield. Yeah. Yeah. Really quick. Did Joey Chaos kind of look like Mexican Steve-O to you? That's, he eh. kind of looked like it to me. He had the same. They had the same head and haircut. I guess so, a little bit. Or he looks like a porno actor. He he could have done porn. He's a good looking guy. <laughs> he looked like he could have been a porno actor. Actually, everyone, I was very confused. Like I knew I was like, oh hey, that's the dude that does Santino Bros wrestling. I'm gonna be honest, except for like two people, I think everyone in this shoot in this episode could have done porn. Yeah. So time goes on. XPW is a fat local hit, and ECW like it, it's easy to talk shit on them, but I would have gone to their shows. 
Not all of them, but I would have gone to some. So ECW does their first live show in Rob's territory. So, and I think someone even mentioned he had it was like, like a heat wave 2000. Yeah. And he had like a fucking mafia mentality about it. So like they're coming onto our turf, man. So he's trying to go to war with them. And he, but the, all I got was the idea for the war was when the main event started a bunch of, well, ex- here's the thing. Like at the show, they were passing out XPW show flyers. They right. were giving people free shirts to yeah. wear at the show. And there was like a lot of the wrestlers bought front row seat tickets. So they were up in the front causing shit. And then like at the main event, I guess the freaking like security freaking grabbed them and escort him out of the building. Oh, this is crazy. We get a story of Johnny chaos where he's like, taken somewhere and he's like oh okay it's quiet but then he talks about on the other side of the building fucking ecw wrestlers were beating the shit out of xpw ring crew new jack on oh just the greatest we beat the fuck out of them (laughs) literally new jack's like i don't give a fuck i was beating the shit out of these 140 pound nerds he's this guy man (laughs) my god well the thing was messiah was talking about i was like yeah no we were supposed to do this and realize honestly this was kind of dumb and wasn't Rob supposed Rob Black supposed to be here? Rob Black did not show up to his own insurrection. What a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. His fucking ring crew was getting the shit kicked out of him by fucking New Jack, and he yeah. was like nowhere to be seen, most likely sucking on some fake titties. And I'm gonna go on, on a limb and assume that uh New Jack hits hard. I'm going to assume he has I- a very strong punch. Dude, I don't think he was punching people. He was just taking fucking um, crutches and just smashing. That's them right. Over he his. was injured. Yeah, they even said that. He's just whipping their asses. With I'm crutches. fucking injured. I'm hobbling on one leg, but I'm beating these motherfuckers down. We beat the fuck out of them. We beat the fuck it. We beat the fuck out of them. And he had like a light lisp too, slightly. We beat the fuck out of them. Uh, so after commercial, we fast forward to ECW folding. Yeah, it's a big jump, but Rob then assimilates some of their talent into XPW. You know, Funk, Sabu. Sabu's actually on for a couple interview segments, too. Yeah, no, I wrote down Sabu's back and talking. I'm like, cool. Sabu's exact words says he asked, by the way, he asked Rob uh, what um, he said that Rob told him he basically wanted XPW to be ECW on crack. Yeah. So Rob feels like he's got this. He's got the big penis now, right? Yeah, because guys? ECW's folded. Now he's bringing in ta- talent. Like he's able to bring in New Jack, Sabu, uh-huh. friggin' um, Shane Douglas. We get a quick, awesome promo shot from New Jack where he's yeah. like, What? I consider a wrestling ring. I can consider a killing field. Also, a good New Jack segment. And I'm just like, Dude, New Jack's like so awesome, but he's also a murderer at the same time. Remember how we, really quick, remember how we were talking about, what was it? Um, I think it was uh, Cradle to the Grave, We were, or, or maybe it was uh, Exit Woods, we were talking about how, man, we love DMX, but God, he's not a role model. That's basically how I feel about New Jack. He's not a role model. I'm, con- I was convinced they were the same person sometimes. He was on it, but at the same time, he was like... A very entertaining person. He's great. But yeah, so speaking of those, they did ask New Jack um, if he ever like got shit given to him by like Paul Heyman or any of the XCCW guys. And New Jack says, what the fuck they going to say to me? I don't give a fuck about no motherfucker. I'm out here. Wait, I'm out here making money. I got to eat and get some porn. Wait, was this the part? Oh, fuck. Yeah, this is the part this, where this, New this Jack comes, talks uh, about, he goes into the warehouse and yeah. freaking Rob Black's like, take whatever you want. And he's taking boxes <laughs> and boxes of his fucking porn. On he's, conveyor belts. Yes. And he's just like, I have like a thousand tapes. I'm like, fucking damn it. <laughs> fucking New I Jack. I love New Jack so much right now. <laughs> he's a natural born killer. 
okay, so we see footage of Rob Black. Like, this would have been a good episode anyway, but New Jack just elevates it. So we see footage of Rob Black talking about how their warehouse, and this isn't like archive footage. Oh, actually, quick New Jack thing. Oh, sure. They asked him, like, oh, do you think, like, friggin' people were pissed off, people from ECW were pissed off that you were in XPW? And he's like, Oh yeah, you said it's like I, I don't give a fuck. I'm yeah. here to fucking eat. I'm here to eat. Yeah, make, I, make some money. Yeah, so, man, make some money. I gotta eat and get some porn. <laughs> I'm so sorry for not listening. To you. No, you're fine. You're fine. So yeah, Rob Black on footage talking about how their warehouse that holds all their um, he says holds all their filthy pornography. His words, not mine. New Jack tells fossil the, fuckers. Yeah. There's another one too, wasn't it called like like scum fuck or something? I don't know. This is so fucking gross ass shit. And that then he yes, was producing. The, and then yes, the Bro, new Jack story. We talked story. about a lady getting peed on while eating fried chicken on a pole. I hope none of it got on the fried chicken. That was my first thought. I hope so too. I hope the lab was aiming his fucking. It gets worse later. I'm not gonna. Cock. It gets. It gets worse later. I'm not gonna say what happens oh, next. Oh no! Now. It builds into it. It fucking builds into it. So then we. Oh god. So this is some bullshit. We fast forward to Supreme. A match with Supreme and uh, Luke, Luke Hawks. Hawks. He gets hit in the hair with a chet, and Luke covered head. his hand, covered his head. He said hair, and he's bald. <laughs> he hit his invisible hair. Listen, man, it's it, it's been a long night. Yes, and it's going to be a longer night. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he hits Luke in the head with a chair. You know what it is because chairs right there. Well, anyway, so Luke covered his hand, uh, his head with his hand to take the hit, like you're supposed to. But Rob bitched him out about it backstage for like, covering his head after the match. He came in and he's like. What the fuck? This is XP fucking W. We don't fucking cover our heads on fucking chair shots. And I guess you motherfucker. <laughs> and and I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like Luke Hawks goes up to Jerry Lynn and Jerry Lynn's like, no, we're taught to cover heads because we don't want to fucking get get wrecked. Yeah. That motherfucker's an idiot. Ignore him. But Which then, earlier, yeah. we forgot to talk about Messiah where he was like liked by friggin Rob Black and also Messiah was like his top star. Yeah. But also, he liked Messiah a lot because he didn't cover his head on chair shots. Because we got to be extreme. Yeah. Fuck this raw black guy. Honestly, compared to some things that uh, that uh, Will went through and will go through later, I'm surprised he's not more visibly fucked up than he is. Well, here's the thing. Luke Hawks then talks about the next show. Yeah, I was going to say. So then, get this, everybody. Luke says next week Rob wanted him chained up, kind of crucified style, to take unprotected chair shots to the head. Luke was under the impression it would be one. No. Dude, holy fuck. It happens and Supreme. Four chair shots. To the head as, this is the kicker, as punishment. It was punishment for not protecting his head. He's like, oh, you're going to protect your head? Well, fuck you, Supreme. Give him four fucking unprotected chair shots. Like, literally two shots in, Luke Hawks is knocked out. Oh, he's bleeding. And he is just fucking getting smacked by two other large head shots. And he had to, like, after the show, he went to the hospital and told him, you can't go to bed. You have to stay awake and please, like, sit up. He has an indention in his skull. From the chair shot. He didn't have insurance to like freaking yeah. fix that. I thought that was the worst it could get. No, it actually is not. So this is where this is around the time that William Wench takes over, aka Welch, aka Messiah. So he basically wants to rage quit the company at this point. So he goes to Rob and he's like, he's like, you know what, Rob? Uh, I'm done. And Rob's like, okay, I'm done too. It's like, what? 
yeah, you're done. I'm done. And just that kind of shit. And apparently he does that often. Uh, um, to manipulate. To manipulate people. Yeah. Like Rob Black sounds like he's a charismatic fucking sleazebag. And then and then Messiah says that Lizzie was told by Rob to flirt with other people. Like, but not to do anything. But it was a kink for Rob to see his porno babe yeah. flirting with dudes. And but also at the same time, even though Lizzie is retired, he is still getting blowjobs every day from women on film. And he's telling and, you know, filming it for his movies. Keep in mind, Rob is still is with Lizzie. So then Lizzie goes for to Willie for comfort and they implied it. They, but then they straight out say, yeah, they hooked up. Yeah. Like after fucking, I'm sure all the like weird abuse from like Rob Black and like maybe Messiah not being a piece of shit. Yeah, because like, they kind of break fucking it. titties in your face if you're Messiah. Like I'm sure there's a point where he's yeah. like, it's fucking yo, I'm well, fucking horny. You're horny. What's a good fucking fuck this Rob guy? Well, because there's a break, right? So they mentioned how Lizzie goes to Messiah for comfort, and he feels he was caught in the middle, used like some weird chess piece. Then there's footage of Rob being a sleazy dirtbag, and then they confirm, yeah, they hooked up. Yeah, and everyone uh, gives their two cents on it, and like even though Sabu Sabu said Rob wanted to fucking kill the guy. Uh, and uh, Joey and the t- and uh, Sylvia and Jessica were kind of under a mindset like. Bro, bro, why would you do that? Why would you screw up this XPW thing for us? Why? At the time? It's like, why should you do that? It's like, <laughs> and then it's funny. Oh no, all of them say that except for Jessica because then Jessica is just like, I slept with Billy too. That guy got around. His real I'm name. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, oh my fuck, dude, Messiah. I'm like, are you sure he wasn't a porno actor? I, th- I listen, listen. A lot of wrestlers are like, good. Dude, look- he has a damn Brazilian jawline. Listen, he does. Listen, wrestlers, most wrestlers and most porn stars have something in common. They are both objectively attractive men and women. So, of course, they're going to bone. It's like you hear those stories about all those athletes in the Olympics. There's like when the Olympics happen, there's like super duper orgies and shit going on in the hotels. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Which like I heard this year they were all giving them free condoms. I love that. So Lizzie and Rob's relationship pulls through the adversity, right? Of Messiah <laughs> home wrecking their freaking whatever you call home. Even though he still does the porn. And gets blowjobs from like all his talent and say he's filming. Yeah, I was going to ask. Quotation filming. They, Fuck this motherfucker. I was going to ask you. They implied to me that he got blowjobs on the side that weren't for porn. And okay, cool. So he did that. So yeah, Messiah Messiah's uh, exiled all the company. But and yeah. then like he no show to show and like they did a weird CGI edit. Yeah, where basically they show you the whole promo of like of like Rob Black talking the bad CGI that's supposed to be Messiah. He's like, ooh, this is all this stuff. And then Joey's just like, he went to heaven. That was the storyline. Messiah went back to heaven. It's just like it's so awful. I know. After like slaying pipe to all the women porno talent. Listen, I like goofy wrestling shit, but that's just dumb. Honestly, Messiah was kind of my hero. He was really good. He was the second best part of this stock. I'm yes. sorry. I've told you. New Jack was the most disconnected, but every time he was on, it was great. So Willie, sorry, I had him was really here. Messiah says that Rob threatened him on the phone. He, but it was bouncing back and forth between like, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to buy you a plane ticket to Maine. Get out of California. So he's telling Rob, no, I'm not going to run. I'm not afraid of you. So now, okay, listen, it's New Jack versus Vic Grimes. Okay. 
It's very <coughs> infamous event. And, and then when like they asked New Jack whose idea it was for this gnarly <coughs> scaffold match, and he's like, it was Rob Black's idea. And because Jack hates Grimes because he got a fractured skull from Grimes at a thing a, a year or whatever ago. Then we see New Jack cut up. Then we see get a promo after after the after Chris Jericho says New Jack wants revenge. We immediately cut to a promo of New Jack saying, "I can get away with murder." <laughs> you can't make this shit up, man. So you can't fake New Jack. Yes, and Mike Hartfield goes on like a good minute spiel about yeah. like all the insurance stuff going in into the match, and then asks like, "So." Was there insurance for the scaffold match? No. No, yeah, that's how it goes. It's like a minute-long thing, and it ends... Oh, like insurance information or something. Yeah. I didn't get it down. Because we get, like, schematics of the scaffold of the scaffold itself, and then, yeah, they ask him... They The interviewer asks him, he's like, wait, you guys didn't have insurance? He's like, no. Like, no. <laughs> but, yeah. So, this thing looks like a fucking death trap. Yes, and, uh, like... Has been an infamous event as New Jack attempts murder, and then like freaking as like they're up on the scaffold because like Vic Grimes like did, was like fucked up New Jack one time in ECW. They were doing a spot where they want to go off a freaking ledge through tables, and Vic Grimes kind of bitched out at the last minute. So freaking like New Jack had to like pull him into the spot, and then but like Vic Grimes landed on top of New Jack's dome, cracking his skull, and there was brain juice leaking out of his ears and stuff. So New Jack was like, you motherfucker, I'm going to get payback. This was the time to do that on this massive scaffolding match. We're up there. New Jack whips out a fucking tase gun, tases him and like just went, fuck it. Tally ho throws him off. But literally fucking Vic Grimes was able to crash through some tables, land on the ropes back into the ring. If he was a couple inches off, he would have flown off straight to the hard concrete floor. New Jack didn't give a fuck, and Rob Black liked the attempt at murder. And in New Jack's own words, Rob loved it and gave him a bonus. And then New Jack leaves the company. Yeah, he says, I felt it was the right time. I felt like mission accomplished. So I left. I I just said it, but man, I love New Jack. You can't fake New... You can't make that guy up. No. So the Messiah is at a show... And he's kind of just fed up and pissed at Rob Black at this point. So yeah, he's on an indie show boasting about laying pipe to Rob. Yeah, he's life. just he's just like fuck well, it. The yeah, like fucked the, him. Like the Her. fans were just going like, "You fuck Lizzie," and he's like, "Yeah, I did," and she liked it. That was good stuff. And then Joey was like, and and he says, and then Joey on, he's like, you know. Uh, Messiah, you should really let it go, man. And Messiah's just like, no, man, fuck off. This Rob Black's a dick. So XPW at this time is having really low attendance. Yeah, they're both their top star, Messiah, and New Jack have left. And this is interesting. And I don't know if their money is like getting drained at this yeah. point. But literally, it seems like there's not much going on. Maybe Supreme stole a draw. And there's a show where Will went to, and the crowd Messiah. was Messiah. And the crowd was bored, so they pulled out beach balls and started tossing them around. Look at that. XPW invented beach ball mania. Messiah then gets told that uh, Rob threw... Uh, so he gets a call from someone on his cell phone. Yeah. And he gets it's told... It's like one of the dudes in the back, and yeah. it's like, hey, dude, you should just totally leave. Because Rob is losing his fucking shit here. They said he's throwing a tantrum, and I wrote here, LaMeo. 
So then Will uh, Messiah gets home, and in his own words, he's going to play. He just bought this new GameCube. So you know it's not good when they start bringing up a motherfucking GameCube that's, on Dark Side of the Ring. That's twice they brought up GameCubes, and that's twice they brought up GameCubes and bad shit happened. Okay, <clears throat> I actually feel this is necessary. Disclaimer warning. This is some gnarly shit, okay? So listen, two guys come to his apartment. He thought they were just friends of his roommates. And I'm like, and as soon as... I was just like, oh shit, they're going to kick his ass. Oh, they don't just kick his ass. They force him down in the ground. They get him in a chokehold. Not a good oh, one, but enough yeah. to like restrain him. And oh my lord, they get some, I don't know what the shit they're called, but they cut his fucking Bolt cutters. thumb off. Yeah, they cut off his fucking thumb. Oh my god, I, I'm like reliving my shock when I heard him say that. Yeah, they cut the thumb off, and he's trying to get away, but then they like crack a fishbowl over well, the his thing head. Well, it's like he's trying to get away and trying to open the door, but his fucking hand has no thumb now, so it's just like flopping, and he's like, yeah. god damn it. It's like, and he's just stressing, so yeah, dude smacks him over, <laughs> and then they're like, they just start kicking and punching him, but then like the thugs get gassed out, so the messiah gets up, throws a fucking arm bar on one of the dudes, breaks his arm, the both, then he then he goes try to run at the door, the thugs trip the fuck out, I was like, oh shit, he just broke my arm, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. And then, he tried to grab a cup of ice. To put his thumb in, but, but he then, couldn't find the thumb. And then he like, freaking crashed out to blood loss. I'm gonna write. Um, I'm going to say here what I wrote here in my notes exactly word for word. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Holy shit. I was, I had to pause. I was reeling from that for a minute. You were not ready for that gnarly shit. I didn't think when I woke up to, when I woke up and I pushed the button to watch the video, I didn't know that I was going to see a dude lose his thumb. So we're back from commercial break. And Joey says he's chilling at his house at one day, and then Rob just randomly shows up, I think. And then whatever. Then the yeah, like Chaos is filming a segment for something, and Rob yeah. just appears, and he's like, "Is that? That's kind of odd. He never just appears and just yeah. hangs out. Like that's not Rob." I was like, "Something feels odd." Then the cast give their uh, talk about how they all heard rumors of William getting hurt. And Jessica Jessica says she heard about it on America's Most Wanted. Yeah. There was a fucking investigation about it, dude. New Jack. Oh, and New Jack. New Jack said he left a message on Rob, on Rob Black's one saying, now don't pretend y'all don't know what the fuck happened. Because he, he, pre, he pretty much knew, could tell. Everyone believe is like, Rob had to do something with this. Yeah. Rob then told Joey, be careful who you hang out with. You might get your arm cut off. Because Joey Chaos was still friends with Will and like uh, Messiah. And they were still cool. And Rob didn't like that. So he threatened him. Yeah. And he's like, I think at that point, people just left XPW. And then am I wrong? I thought Sylvia said here that they had no proof that Rob actually. They just didn't have no proof that yeah. Rob actually was part of that attack. But you know what? Fucking inspiration. Uh, Messiah is like, you know what? Fuck Rob, dude. I'm going to keep doing what I love. And he kept wrestling. I don't know if he's still wrestling in this day, but he kept wrestling. Yeah, he wrestling. He shows up to a crowd and see this. I don't got a fucking thumb. And yeah. he's like, he doesn't have a thumb and he still wrestled. So there's no evidence for that. But Rob and Lizzie get in trouble with the law because their newest porn is fucked up. Remember how I said earlier it was fucked up? There's shit where, there's one example they give where it's shit of like, where a woman gets literally killed, raped, killed, and then spat on. 
Fuck me. Yeah. Like, obviously, I hope the god it's fake. I hope so, too. It's fake, but it's definitely, like, some gross-ass filth. And the federal government, someone's in pursuit. It's like, we're not allowing this filth. We're going to start crunching down. And this piece of shit Rob goes on Nightline, and he's like, hey, man, we're not murderers or drug dealers. We're making movie. First Amendment. And I wrote here, I'm like, you know, he's not Grizzly Adams, but this man sounds like an absolute piece of dog shit. Yeah. So everyone talks about how stupid he was because he's basically challenging the government. And that's what he does. He challenges the government. Come at me. Come at me. You got nothing. This is my first amendment right. And and like Rob's telling everyone's like, oh yeah, be ready. When we get raided by the feds. And it's like, wait. Get raided by the feds? (laughs) Wait, you mean when? And yeah, they get raided by the fucking feds. Yeah, it was like a postal raid. Yeah. And then Rob the whole time, but then Rob the whole time in media is trying to play it off like he's some big like freedom of speech martyr or some shit. And he's here's I got a quote from him. The funny thing about my business is no one is forced to do anything. The only ones that are forced are the 12 people on that jury who have to watch it. So yeah, Rob and Lizzie are facing 50 years in prison. <laughs> For their shit. Well, it's like charges are leading up to like a fifty-year yeah. sentence. It it kills the it kills the show. No one shows up to shows anymore. They have a shot of them well, being like, "Well, there's a shot of Rob where he's in his office and he's like, you see these five tapes right here. These are the five tapes that could put me in jail for that can put me in jail." Yeah, the band five. I'm like, why would you show that know. on camera? I'm like, I don't know what they are. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. If it's just like video shots, like, all right, let's get hot, sexy scenes of women getting kidnapped. And then, yeah, going from there, just I'm not trying to be morbid or gross. I went out the first two places my mind went snuff film or child or underage. I don't think it never went there. I hope fucking not. I hope I really don't because he's already bad. Okay, but I don't want him to be pure evil. Yeah, he's just doing some gross sleazy shit and it's like no and but he's feeling like oh, it's free of speech and he feels like oh, the porno company should back me. This is the thing, but the porno peeps are like no, what you're doing is just fucking gross and honestly, it's just demeaning us. Yeah, they say it later. So we're not coming in. We're not coming in to help you. Yeah, Messiah says it a little later, but he feels like he thought Rob thought that the adult entertainment industry was going to get his back, but the Building in chemistry was like, no, fuck you, guy. But yeah. So, yeah, through legal battles with the federal government, it drained a lot of his financial resources. Every check for the wrestler bounces, and almost no one is going to their shows. So it kills both the business and but like so they were able to beat many of the charges, but they cannot beat the charge of dis- distribution of obscene material. He got a year and a day for that. That's bananas. Both him and yeah. his wife, Lizzie. Yeah. Uh, Messiah says exactly what I feel. He got what he deserved. So after he gets out, XPW is fucking over. He, uh, him and Lizzie break up. Rob leaves wrestling. Uh, but you know what? The 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 episode here basically ends on a more uh, uplifting where, note. Yeah, because Jessica has asked the question, would you want to go through that again? And she says yes. For some reason, yeah. it's like as stupid and gross and weird as XPW and all that experience was, honestly, yeah, it was an important time in many people's career. It was an important time. They all either went places or Joey, uh, They we find out here, Joey and uh, Sylvia are actually married. Yeah. Because they, and they met through XPW. 
Um, Joey puts over his Uncle Supreme and says Which he'd I be remember him, without him. Yeah, I remember him passing, was it last year? Yeah. It was definitely 2020 or 2019. It was, it was recent. He passed away, and I remember, yeah, that being a talking point. And a lot of the, like, West Coast, like, like peeps talking to him, like, their memories on, like, Wrestling Observer Live. Joey and uh, Sylvia actually said we're married in the ring. And I don't know if Will says he, I don't know if Messiah said he'd do it again, but he did say, you know, after that, you know, he he's married now, he's got daughters, and he talks about how he loves being a dad. Yeah, I have a feeling, like, through all that, for some reason, like, his life, like, it might have been a weird time in his life, but, like, I've sounds like XPW was, a, like, the people talking about it, it was an important time in their life. Yeah. New Jack gets his last bit where he says, "This whole thing we're doing here is going to put XPW on the back for um, back on the map for a few months, but nothing they did was ever really noteworthy, except me throwing Vic off the scaffolding." And I'm like, you know what? Let's be real here. Did XPW do anything noteworthy? I'm like, I'm did they like, have a major it, stars that isn't fucking New Jack attempting murder? Like, oh it's an man. interesting story because fucking it's, New Jack, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but like friggin'. The West Coast is an island of like pro wrestling and nothing much really happens out of it, and at least la- especially in the 2000s. Yeah. And then the last thing we really hear is Sylvia saying, apparently she heard Rob Black is married now with kids and runs a burger joint. I and thought he was dead. I the way they were talking about. Well, for I me going in like, how is this dude still alive? They did say that he refused to show up. So I knew he wasn't dead, but they were talking about him like he was. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. But I'm like, watch the things. Like, I presume he was dead. And the last thing I wrote here for my notes to close out Dark Side of the Ring was he quit wrestling in porn and became Bob's Burger. Imagine fucking that. Yeah. He married kids and just has a burger joint. I'm like. You know what? I'm sure after all that wild shit, maybe you know what that he was drinking his Kool Aid so much he needed a breather, you, and yeah. uh, just a casual burger joint sounds very nice. You know what that reminds me exactly of? Did you ever watch A Clockwork Orange? I have not seen that film. Okay, so in that movie, Malcolm McDowell's just a piece of shit that does really awful things, but it's based on a book, right? The book, it's the same stuff. He beats people up, commits sexual assault, I think. It's just a whole bunch of bullshit. But in the last like chapter of the book, it's like a flash forward, and then and then Malcolm McDowell's character is just is like is like considering marriage and getting kids, and he's like, huh. You know, I look, those were some uh, some funny little shenanigans I did when I was younger. That's what this reminds me of. Rob Black is like was almost facing almost 50 years in prison. But he's like, now he's got a burger joint, a wife and kids. It's just like what a fucking juxtaposition. Yeah. And then like through the at the end of the credits, we get a memoriam for New Jack. because yeah. He unfortunately passed away, too. Yes. So this might be the last thing we see of like New Jack. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Fuck. You're right. Yeah. And he was a fucking star in this documentary. Yeah, he was. And yeah. Uh, Want to get to cock of love? Yeah, let's take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick piss and then we'll like, come back for fucking cock of love. All right. All right, listeners. We went from carnage and titties and gross shit to now a very boring episode of Rock of Love. Yeah. So to recap last time. Oh, my God. Which also does have titties. It does have titties. Yes, it did. Less and titties I, without Farrah and Ashley. It was actually titties. So, yeah. Last time on Rock of Love, the girls had to sing a duet song with Brett Michaels. Yes. And I guess Taya was fine. Mindy was Mindy the Miserable. Yeah. Beverly was able to do it. And then we just got... Beverly was being a mark for Brett Michaels. And then Brett was like, okay, I think you're just being a fangirl, not being, I want you to be my lover. <laughs> but you're not. 
Because you make me sign fucking weird stuffed animals like for your bears, kids. Think, yeah. And then, yeah, your girl Beverly left the friggin' show. And I'm like, yeah, kind of boring. Edward, sing the theme song. Hey. Oh, shit. I was going to do the wrong one. Ah, um, please let me introduce myself. I'm going to get you off like there's no one else. Please let me be your dirty secret, your flesh and blood, your rock of love. Love. Damn, oh man, rock of love. So Trying yeah, to do a it's the morning. They wake up in Orlando at the and, Hard Rock Hotel, and Jamie real is like realizing, oh shit, I'm in the final three. Shit is getting real. The Hard Cock Hotel. Yeah, it realizes the stakes. Cock's so they go outside. Word. They found out they're going to Miami, and this is going to be the last ride on the pink bus ever. Basically, last ride on the a bus ever. Yeah, it's funny. They show the note on screen, and I guess what Brett wrote was so boring that Jamie didn't even read two thirds of it. They ju- it just says they're going to Miami for the VIP experience. So yeah, they get on the bus. Mindy and th- sees herself as Brett's mate. Yeah, I could see myself being Brett's girl. Yeah. Brett. And they go to the best tourist trap in America, Miami Beach. Fuck. They say at the at the Sagamore Hotel, but when I first saw it, I thought it said the Sagmore Hotel, and my first thought was Brett is pretty saggy. But yeah, yeah that crip creep, that crip keeper looking three inch penis face. And then they get there, penis. And then they get there. Jamie calls the place Swinky. Like they go into the room, and it's like fuck. It looks hella fresh. Not going to lie. It looks like a nice cozy room. I could fucking sleep in there all day. Yeah. Taya also says she I can w- sleep on the couch and then I can go sleep on the bed and then go back on the couch. Honestly, some of the floor look comfy too. I can lay out on the floor. Taya says she won't miss the pink bus. She said it never smelled quite right. And I wrote here, I guess they never washed out the smell of those socks Jennifer stole. It's Brittany. That's what. Oh, it was Brittany. My bad. So they get anyway. They get to their room. Brett's in the talking head. He says he has something hot planned for them waiting in their and room. And he's Jones in the seat of ladies. And it's like Mardi Gras bikinis. Brett says it's carnival or it's something. It's like sexy carnival. Like and, Mindy, stuff. and Mindy is super duper not stoked at all. Yeah, like, Mindy's at all. like, oh my god, this looks dumb. This is not my style. It's like. What the fuck? Who cares? She, she's saying how she'd never wear this stuff. It's totally not her. Then Tay is helping Jamie put on her costume. And then Mindy. I see Jamie's titty. Yeah. And then. To uh, be TV, son. Yeah. Well, I I, I had the uh, respect women version, a.k.a. the YouTube version where they where they blur out the titties. Well, I saw the titty. I guess you don't respect. Women. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So Taya is helping Jamie put on her costume. And Mindy's like. Taya knows where everything is and it looks like a stripper outfit. It's to the point to where they go outside. Minnie's complaining and looks so sour. There's a like, dude, dude like Jamie and fucking Taya are wearing the bottoms yeah. and like they're all clicked up wearing the headdress. Mindy's just wearing the top bra piece and still wearing jeans. It gets and to the, looking Mindy the miserable. It gets to the point where she's so sour. There's a dude chilling on bongos and he's like, come on, honey, don't take it so serious. It's like... <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I hate it when you're asked to do something that is so far removed from you that you feel ridiculous. And I wrote here, was the other shit in the last 10 episodes fine? Like the wedding thing, the truck stop Olympics, the makeup chest. Oh, that was all fine. But trying to wear a- James' head's in his hands, by the way, because he knows I'm right. But the carnival bra and, and bottom... Oh, that was too much. Suddenly, this is too much. She wore a bikini in the fucking roadie challenge. Anyway, 
as Jamie and co- she was mentally <laughs> miserable after that challenge too. Yeah, yeah, she was up. They, sh- I think they show that too. She's just in the stands as Brett's playing. She's just like stone face, stone face. So Jamie Pure rage. So Jamie is complaining in her talking head about Mindy having the biggest stick up her ass. And Mindy says she's not going to pretend she's happy when she's not. Then we get a montage of her complaining from like the last six episodes. Uh, Like specifically when she had to pee during the roadie thing, getting upset at the lyrics challenge and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. So Brett appears. He has braids. He looks fucking dumb, but he always looks dumb. He's like, you know, this trip's been stressful and I just want to hang out with the girls. Yeah, he's got his guitar and he's just <laughs> joking to Mindy. Oh, hey, we'll sing your song. And this time you don't just come on. Let's actually try it. But Mindy's just like. Fuck this. Yeah, uh, the way they edited it, Mindy immediately just starts getting uppity and then it bums Brett out because, as he says, Tay is having Bummed fun. Bummed or offended? I feel it was more on the offended side. You're probably right. He says Tay is having fun. No, actually, he gets offended later, but Tay is having fun. Jamie's having fun, and Mindy is throwing a fit. Eventually, she act, it's weird. This, is the, this isn't weird. This is stupid. So she complains about the outfit. She complained about the outfit. She left the patio. They were on the patio this and whole like, time. And Bryce is like, hey, come on, we're in Miami. Wear a freaking bikini bottom. And she's like, I feel like I'm trying to prove that I look good naked. I don't want to do that. And it's like somewhere out. It's like she somehow realized when she woke up that morning, she actually realized what the show was about. But then she fucking comes back wearing teeny tiny shorts and a bra on a sailor's hat. And I'm just sitting here like, how is that fucking different? Whatever, Brett is like horny but offended about this. Yeah. <laughs> I got you cool carnival stuff, but you come out like this. I'm like, I'm offended, but it's hot at the same time. Oh, and then Brett has a good idea, he said sarcastically. He asked the girls, hey, so if you knew you were going home tonight, uh, which of the other two would you want to win? And I'm just like, oh, fuck, here we go. So Come ja- on, it's Brett. So Jamie is like, he's a shitster. <laughs> and Jamie's like, uh, well, I feel like I'm the best choice either way, but I'd say Mindy. She has nothing to promote or gain. And then Taya says, I'd say Mindy because she's in a position to just get up and go. And then Mindy says, Jamie, because Jamie's fun and admits her faults. She says it more to Taya than Brad. Yeah, she's like, oh, like, it's like, unlike Taya, who's like too perfect. Jamie here admits that she has faults and stuff. And then Brett kisses Jamie and like Jamie and Mindy. Or was it Jamie and Taya? Whatever, like because I, I think Minnie bounces the fuck out, but then realizes she forgot her like yeah yeah you're right. cap. So she goes up to Brett while like freaking Jamie and Taya are on the other side, and she just hardcore just starts making out with Brett. Yeah, I wrote here. She comes back, and then Brett's all soaked. He's like, "Yay, pretty lady, come to talk to me." And I know yeah. she starts going like talking about Taya, and Brett is like, "My God." Do we always have to talk about Taya? And he says it's time for Operation Subject Change. And then he calls her hot and they make out. That's the whole show in a nutshell. Yeah. And then Taya's just over there is like, look at that. Just <laughs> mad face. And like they really make She's out. my friend. What the hell? She crawls on top of Brett. And I guess Jamie oh, and Taya were crawling. right there. Yeah. So Taya's upset. Then Jamie's like, honestly, bruh, I said Mindy because I know I can beat her. And Taya's like, oh, okay. So Jamie's just playing a game. I'm the one that barons with Brett. Ooh, fucking woo. So we cut to the next day. Big John appears. Yeah. And he, he gives, gives a him note. a note that says, Hey, Jamie and Taya, I want to take you two out on a date, not Mindy, just Jamie and Taya. 
Yep. We actually don't really see Mindy's reaction. She just kind of after that, she just kind of sits out in the sun and chills. And I the, look it. the show myself enjoy this bitch in hotel room. So then um, Jamie and Tay get in a limo, which takes them to the airport. And then they get into a helicopter because as Brett says, there's only one way to explore Miami. I'm like, is there? But whatever. They fly around. We get some nice shots of Vice City. I'm sorry, Miami. And then eventually they land and there's a nice big old lunch waiting for them. There's really not much to say. They fly around. They're like, ooh, look at that. Yeah, they and get all they land. show. It's lunch. And then Taya brings up her case for Jamie's statement last night. Yeah. Taya and her talking head is like, this should be fun. Um, but uh, Taya's here playing a game. And I think Brett should know. So she kind of just fucking tattletales on Jamie and tells him what Jamie told her last night. And if I remember it, Jamie doesn't really say too much. She's in her talking head says she wants to take down Taya. And yeah. Jamie just straight up just dislikes Taya. Yeah. I don't know if it's a jealousy thing or whatever, but fucking whatever. I can She's tell like, you that I don't really get specifics, but bro, they were just throwing mad shade at each other. Yeah, yeah. And I just know that she she says at one point, she's so insecure or whatever. So Brett even is like, sometimes Taya, I feel like you're not truthful with how you feel. He says this. Keep going. He says in the talking head, he thinks she's more of a people pleaser. So later that day or the next day, I don't really know. I think it's later that day. Big John comes over and he gives the three girls a note saying Mindy and Jamie are going on a date. Tay is bummed. It's like, oh, well, I, I guess I'm stuck here then. Brett says he sees Jamie as an insurance policy <laughs> because one, he needs to learn more about her. And two, if Mindy's in a bad mood, Jamie will be there to perk him up. So, Brett, yeah. Brett says, this was great. Brett says, I've got the most romantic date in the world planned. Fucking gator boat. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yes. That shit is so fun. I did one of those when we were in New Orleans. Oh my God, it's great. So they're cruising along and eventually they get to a little picnic area. He asked them questions. Well, you also forgot he was like doing double makeouts on the boat where they're mobbing around looking at gators. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think that was important? No. I did not. <laughs> so how's we, lunch? We skipped over plenty of other shit in this episode already. Well, how's lunch? Um, it looks tasty. They threw emphasis on the double makeout. <laughs> they really, they actually, no, you're right, they do. Anyway, he asked Mindy, he asked some questions, he asked Mindy, what would she want to do on a date? And she's like, I don't know, this shit's pretty trill right here. And then Jamie's talking head, she's wondering if Brett is looking for something serious. He says it's hard to tell sometimes what he's looking for. Oh, really? Oh, fuck. I thought he was pretty straightforward in his wants and needs. <laughs> so she asks him, and then he, she asks him what he wants, but instead of fucking answering he just asks her what she wants and she's like well i'm mostly here to date then he asks both of them about taya mindy feels like taya has too many calculated movements and jamie just thinks she's crazy for some reason mindy then thinks jamie uh tries to be uh sorry mindy thinks taya tries to be too perfect so later that night they're all in the hotel Mindy, according to the cuts, runs out. Sorry, Taya runs outside and she's like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful out here. Oh, my God, Mindy, it's her favorite type of weather. And Jamie and Mindy are in the kitchens like Jamie's just like, we need to take her down. Yeah, it's literally what she says. We need to take her out. Like, even if take we have to become out. even if we have to become super bitches, we can't let her take Brett away from us. Then Jamie says, since her and Taya are friends and she doesn't have any friends here, she needs to step it up. 
And Teos is still just a, and it cuts like, oh my, oh my god. god, it looks like they like painted a picture. Look at the skylight. Oh my god. See, how do you hate Taya? I we don't need to fucking take her down. I don't get how <sighs> I'm supposed to hate Taya. Like, okay, maybe she talks a little too much, but I don't think that's that bad a problem. And she just kind of comes up like sketch. It's like, well, she kind of doesn't really open up much. She doesn't open up much, but like, she's been the least sus out of all these women. You're just saying that because she's a penthouse model and got big titties. No, I'm saying it because she's the most well-adjusted. That they, we're aware Literally, of. literally. The conflict for the last five episodes with her has been everyone's upset because Taya isn't always yelling and raging and throwing a fit. That That's literally their problem and that she's good at stuff. That's everyone's conflict with her. Yep. So anyway... Um, Shit, my notes scrolled up. Hold yeah, on. I know. I'm Gator trying to think of that, too. Later. Okay, here we go. So they join her outside. They sit down. And then Jamie's just like, so did you guys, like, like Brett Michaels before? It's like, did you like Brett Michaels, like, you know, before we came to the competition? And Taya's like, well, you know. And then they just jumped down her throat. Like, it didn't happen just like that. But that's, by God, that's basically how it happened. And then Jamie says something like, oh, my God. It's like, it's about you more than him. Taya's like, you've manipulated the situation. You're not perfect. And it's like, out of the two of us, I'm the weak one. You're the strong one, Mindy says. And it's just like, I'm like, shut And Jamie asks if Taya's a stripper. And she says, no, I'm a feature dancer. And, like, Jamie's like, okay, I'm done. What's a feature dancer? It sounds like a stripper. And I wrote down Taya strips. Also, she poses nude for a penthouse. Taya doesn't really does not like being called a stripper for some reason. Yeah. So I could see that being conflict where the ladies it's like, Taya, can you just admit your faults? Can you just like actually be a person? Well, is a featured dancer dancers in a stripper? I don't fucking know. You can look at Google that shit up. <laughs> Let's get to dinner. This excruciating dinner. This is where Brett got offended. Oh. Are you sure he got offended? I think he actually got pretty livid. <laughs> no, okay, so listen. Jamie, so sorry, Jamie, Taya, and uh, Mindy go to a place. Really nice place. They go to dinner. The way they edit this shit, I'm going to explain it to y'all. Oh, fuck, I said y'all on ironically. The way the show did it, okay? It's just fucking silence. Brett's trying to be like, so how do y'all like the salmon? Silence. Come on, guys, say something. Silence. He's like, today was very interesting. Fucking silent. Wait for it. Butter anyone for the bread? Fucking silence. I have a big question for everyone. Is the vinaigrette and oil already in the salad or am I just crazy? I'm laughing so hard this is happening, dude. This is the final three. One of these is the potential winners next week and they suck. This was so Bro, great. They are having edits of the blonde we get a shot of like the Kelsey and freaking Farrah bouncing like lame dance. Lame, 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 lame. They had to bring back archive footage of them to save this show. So, yes, I'm laughing. Like, there's also like freaking Mindy like actually talks for like a second. And then we get a fucking shot of just freaking like, uh, oh my God. Ashley's going like, Mindy, you're fucking lame. <laughs> I'm just like, God damn. And then like, and then, like, there's this part where he's like, well, what'd you do today, Taya? She's like, oh, I did my nails. And listen, you can tell by the way she says that and the way it's cut. She definitely said something after that. But the product they presented on television was she just said she did her nails and then shut up after that. Whatever. Taya's in a funk and Brett is so butt her he bounces out. Yeah. 
Actually, no, wait. That was... Uh, well, no, that's he, like, he cuts yeah. off dinner. It's like, all right, let's go to the outside bar and get some drinks in these ladies. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny bit where Minnie's like, how can I be in a good mood when I'm on a date with Brett and two other girls? So, I don't know. Girls! I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So, right before they go to that, Taya does say she's in a funk because she wishes she was there on a date. And then Brett is talking heads like, she's in a funk now? I thought that was Mindy. Then, yes. He, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. People get in funks. What will Brett do? Brett can't deal with emotions. So, then, yeah, he takes them outside and he's like, listen, if I can't get them he says in his talking head, if I can't get these women to open up, I am going to strangle somebody. He tells them, if I have to sit through, he tells them, if I have to sit through another dinner like this, I'm sending all three of you home. And they're like, oh, shit. I don't do good with funks. I do good with people telling me passionately how they feel and not cold. I don't do good with cold. Yeah. Brett's a hot, hot rocker. So he starts with Mindy. How do you feel? And she says, well, I had a great time today. Oh, did you now? And Brett says, well, I wouldn't have known that. I could have cut the tension in there with a knife. Then Taya, is in her talking head, is like, what the fuck is this? She's been in the funk all day, but all of a sudden, Brett confronts her. She changes like that, which is funny because they accuse Taya of doing that same exact shit. So then he asks Taya, and she's like, yeah, the, Jamie, she's like, yeah, this is fine. The state, this is fine. And then Brett in his talking head is rolling his eyes so hard at that. I'm worried they're going to fall out. Then eventually it leads to him talking to Taya as her. It's the same old shit. You know, you sure you're not here. This is a business opportunity. And she tells him because it's the number one because sh- we're on the number one show on VH1. Wow, VH1 should fucking hang their head and cry after that fact. But I think yeah. they did eventually. But Taya is like, honestly, my bosses aren't really happy I'm here. I'm missing a lot of business stuff. And I'm then, missing some deadlines. And yeah, and then Jamie and Mindy roll their eyes and he's like, well, you know what? We covered a lot today. Let's go back to the hotel. I'm like, we didn't cover shit. So they're drinking in the hotel and he tells them, I'm going to spend some more time with Jamie. The logic is, he says, she came onto the show late. He's going to spend time with her. Tay and Mindy talk for a bit. Tay is like, how are you not nervous? And Mindy says, TBH, I feel I've already sealed my fate. So now I just want to enjoy my time in this expensive, nice hotel. It's out of my control. Not much else I can do. And in her talking head, Mindy expresses how she feels like Brett focuses on the one negative about her, you know, being in the funk, and that she thinks he won't be able to get past it. And then Taya be sad. Yes. Brett and Jamie hang out. Brett's asking her again what she wants. What her stance is on the relationship. On how serious she wants the relationship. Yeah. And she's like, well, I want to date you. I like you, but I'm not really thinking about marriage. And Brett just like takes his hand away from her. He's like, oh, okay. I have so many feelings about that, but honestly, I'm tired and I don't want to rant. Taya and Mindy, again, they're ex- they're expressing their desperation. They start crying, hugging each other. Like, Mindy's going, I see my insecurities in you, Taya. And Taya's like, I have no insecurities. I have a nine-year-old kid. I don't have no insecurities. And, it's, and then she's like, and it's, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you go. Well, no, I was saying, and then Taya says a line, my insecurities are not your insecurities. Or something like that. And I'm like, no, my insecurities, you know nothing about my kind of insecurity, she says. And then Mindy says that, that that them talking about their feelings go nowhere. They usually talk about it and it's just like, what the fuck are we doing? We're just running. We're just running in place. And then Jamie comes back and she's like, she's like royalty in the last episode. She's like, ooh. And then this is funny. 
Brett later on comes walking over with an acoustic guitar and he's like, you know, Brett, realized there's three hot girls over there. So guitar, let's go party. He sees them arguing, turns the fuck around and says, on second thought, maybe I'll go catch some sleep. That was funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was actually really funny. Wait, Brett has been have funny moments on the season. So they're arguing back and forth. Okay, do you care about specifics? Because I got some, but do you care about specifics of this argument? I just I wrote down Minnie and Taya break up basically, and Jamie's just yes. munching on some mac and cheese. I vibed with that. What's the specifics if you want to spark notes? It's just the same thing. You know, it's just like, you're fake. You don't say how you are. She's just like, I'm doing my best. I'm not a blah, blah, blah. And it's uh, just that whole thing. And Jamie's just munching on mac and, and cheese. And Jamie's just like, munching on I mac and cheese. When I saw that, I'm like, Jamie is a vibe. <laughs> yeah. Now eliminations. Yeah. And they go to eliminations and I wrote, there's eight minutes left. Motherfucker. So Lindy is just like, when I kiss Brett, something feels right. And if he chooses one of them, I think it's a waste of his time. Jamie's like, I wouldn't choose either one of them, TBH. So then Brett gets there. Taya says in her talking head that she's become, my heart's really invested in all this. And then she's done with Mindy's backstabbing. Okay, so he singles out Jamie, says that when she came in, she had to put up with a lot of shit, but she's cool. But there's some red flags, mainly how she doesn't seem to be looking for a serious relationship. Well, it's just her stance on the serious relationship yeah. where she's like, I kind of just want to date hot guy Brett Michaels. I don't feel like I can just jump into a marriage. Yeah. Taya, he says, knows a lot about music and him as a person, but he doesn't know if he could tell she's here for love or what he say she she's here for the idea of love. Or just promoting penthouse. Yeah. Anyway, Mindy, he says, there's the funk she's in and it's a chore. He basically says a chore to deal with her. He calls down Mindy and asks her if she's really here for real. She's like, yeah. So he's like, Stee, I'm going to give you this pass. Want to want to rock my world? And Mindy so, yeah. does. So now we're just down to Taya and Jamie. Who gets the last pass? I wrote here, I'm getting annoyed. They're milking this shit and it's taking forever. Mindy's like making fun of Taya and the talking head. Jamie is like. Because like Taya's just like has her head down looking bum. And Mindy's like, watch. I bet she's thinking of like a freaking puppy dying so she can produce some tears. I'm like, Look at those acting up. skills that Taya has. I'm like, that's fucked up. Jamie over here is like, whoa, 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 whoa. He can't pick Tay over me. And Tay is just like, I don't know. I don't know. She's just stuttering. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I like. I feel like if I, I don't know how I'm going to go from here. I will be devastated if you just like, if it's the, like, if this is the last of my evening, this is the last of my tour. So he eventually calls down Jamie. He says, you know, you're a beautiful girl. You're honest and cool. But I'm looking for something serious, and I can't in good faith send Taya home knowing you're not here for what I am. So... Your tour ends here. Fucking destroyed. So yeah, Taya stays. Yeah. Brett tells Taya he feels she is here for the right reason. And they make out. And now we're down to our final two. And Brett has to make one more decision. And then in the credits, we got Mindy dorking around with, on the drums with the bongo guy. The other two are arcly dancing. But then we get a fade edit of like Fair and Kelsey doing their like their lame dance. The show is given up. They really have. Now, I'm hoping this, this wasn't the worst, I guess. But, dude, if you were to, like, watch it back to back, you would have been like, bruh. Let me put it like this. Sometimes if I listen back to our episodes, I'm like, I don't want to really listen to the Rock of Love thing. Not because you I don't, don't have think to. There's timestamps. No, but you also listeners. You don't have to. It's potpourri. <laughs> we have. We can listen to Zeppelin. You can listen to us talk about Dark Side. You can just listen to us to Rock of Love. 
You literally but my, have options. But my point is, is like, I'm like, you know, I could re-listen to us talking about this episode or that episode of Rock of Love. But some of them I'm like, eh, it's just the episode wasn't that interesting. So I don't, you know, it's nothing against us. I re- I don't want to think about this episode ever again. This one was lame. It was pretty lame. There was some funny bits. Some of them came from Brett. And here's the thing. The idea of Mindy and Taya being the last two women on paper. Great. The two ex-friends going at it, fighting for Brett. That's an interesting conflict. I just wish it wasn't boring and stupid and not interesting. Well, don't worry, listeners. We won't talk about Rock of Love next week. No. It's going to be Halloween. So we're going to watch... I know what you did last summer. What's what I do last summer? Yeah. Uh, podcast with me, most likely. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Fuck yeah, you're right. Because I was yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I know Are what you gonna... did last summer. I uh, <laughs> do you know what I did last summer? Podcasted with me. There's a little bit of that. <laughs> There's some other stuff too. Yeah, that's but true. for sure, the claim is you I went did... out of town a lot. I feel like I do do that sometimes. Yeah. Are we reviewing Zeppelin next week? Like, do we want to jump bungling in with the movie? Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, if we, I mean, if you, I mean, if we were already, then yeah, it's no problem. Let's just, just do curious. it. Yeah, let's just do it. Don't worry, listeners. We'll talk about Zeppelin. Zed, Led Zeppelin is like to smooth into the reviews. Yeah. And then talk about, I know what you did last summer. The second, the second to last Zeppelin album with original material and a scream ripoff. Let's get it, boys. GG. Is it a scream ripoff? Yeah, it came out like a year after. Or was it like... Well, because, okay, so the summer... See, that's the thing. The 90s was a weird time period of, like, the resurgence of slasher movies. But it's because of Scream. But what made Scream different was... It was satire. It was satire. It was quirky and meta, but it was done really good. But a lot of movies ripped off Scream, but took the parody aspect-ish and played it straight. That's That's why, you know, you had movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's like, oh, let's hire a bunch of young, pretty people. Let's have hip lingo. But they played it straight. It wasn't for like about to deconstruction say, and satire. I'm about to say we have Freddie Prince Jr. who was Fred in the Scooby Doo. That movie. was, I think, his first movie. Yeah, in the Scooby- which is funny. Scooby-Doo movie, which is funny because yeah, Shaggy, but we also have Buffy the Vampire Slayer in this movie, right? Which is it was yes, but which is also funny because Matthew Litter, the guy that played Shaggy in those movies and still voices Shaggy, was he's the guy in Scream. He's one of the killers. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Mom and Dad are gonna be so bad. Here's at the me. thing about Scream. Like when I watched it as a youngster. I I thought that movie was serious. I did too. And then when I watched well, it I was a kid. as when I watched it as an adult, I'm like, "Holy fucking shit! This is just fucking so just comedy." Yeah, it's dark comedy. It's like black. It's, it's like the original Black yeah, Christmas. It's like just so weird satire comedy. Yeah, it almost is. A, it's almost like the shitty scary movie movies. Because because those like shitty scary movie movies. Because it's two things. One, Wes Craven was a fucking genius, and two, because it was literally a bunch of people that watched horror movies. That are that are in a horror movie, and yeah, it, it was great, and that's what I liked about it. It was a subversive. All the screen movies are subversive things, but movies that ripped it off were of varying quality. And I know what you did last summer is considered is considered one of those ripoffs or whatever. Kind of, I like, remember being good. I remember being good. Kind of like Jason was a Halloween ripoff, you know? Yeah. All right, listeners. Next week is Halloween. Yes. This was the Dark to Death Danger radio show with your boys, James Edward. I hope you have a good one. Adios. Adios.